Support for The Bittersweet Life comes from our listeners. This week, I want to thank my cousin Scott, Sean, Drek, John, and Elise. We cannot do it without you. Thank you so much. I'm Katie Sewell in Seattle. My co-host Tiffany is in Rome, Italy. We are both working hard but underemployed during this pandemic. So if you love the show and have the means, please support it. There are links in the show notes to Patreon or visit thebittersweetlife.net and click the donation button. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today, we're looking at the notion of extroverts versus introverts, the COVID edition. (laughs) (laughs) Because it changes, I think. not, Not that it changes, but I feel like I've... Well, I'm I'm interested to hear what you have to say about it, but I feel like this whole COVID quarantine lockdown situation has made me rethink whether I'm an introvert or an extrovert. I don't know about you. Exactly. Well, the reason why I wanted initially to float this with you is because I keep hearing this notion from people in Zoom calls, in letters, friends of mine, um, this notion that at, at last, at last, the introverts are sticking it to the extroverts. <laughs> and the introverts have had to live in an extroverted world for so long, and now we are forced to live in their world. Or maybe a better way to put it would be they get to blissfully live in their world without the expectations of the extroverted world barging in on them. Mm-hmm. And I keep feeling that I don't get that notion. Hmm. Are extroverted people really forcing introverted people into an extroverted world? I don't know that I agree that this is necessarily an extroverted world. Maybe that's what it is. Okay. So I kind of want to debate that, which we can do now, or we can do it after I tell you the uh, official definitions of what an introvert and an extrovert are. Well, I think that would be a good way to start. I was going to look that up, and then I said, don't bother. Katie's going to look it up. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Katie's going to do it. (laughs) Because, you know, I'm interested in these kinds of things. Well, you love having you love having the official definition of, of things. Well, and I love seeing how they change over time, as you mm-hmm. know. Because <laughs> you have your old, like, 1937 dictionary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And believe you me, I have looked it up. Okay, so let's start with the extrovert, okay? Mm-hmm. This is what the definition of the extrovert is. If you just look online at the dictionary, this is what it says. Extrovert, an outgoing, overly expressive person. Overly expressive. I would say that's editorializing. Yeah, I would too. (laughs) That's like saying they're too expressive. (laughs) They're not only outgoing, they are in your face. (laughs) And they're dramatic and they exaggerate their feelings. Um, Yeah, passive aggressive much? (laughs) Instead of saying hi, Tiffany, I'm like, hi, Tiffany. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy to see you. Okay, and then the, the dictionary definition of an introvert, which, of course, they gave two definitions because there's a little bit more nuance. So, again, is this an extrovert-tailored world or, or not? There's two possible definitions for an introvert. A shy, reticent person. Okay. Or a person predominantly concerned with their own thoughts and feelings rather than external things. Which kind of sounds a little selfish, actually, when you think about it. 
<laughs> like the way that that reads is a little selfish. Okay, so you have to go back in time now, of course, to see how were people talking about this in the past. And you know, my two favorite dictionaries to go to are my 1944 Universal Dictionary that's illustrated and my grandfather's old pocket dictionary, which boils everything down into one or two words. <laughs> it literally can fit in your front pocket. So when it comes to an extrovert, the 1944 dictionary says, in psychology, one whose interests are centered outside of himself. Hmm. So that's an extrovert. Now, my grandfather's pocket dictionary, not even included. Not even a thing. Not worth mentioning. It's not even there. Yeah. Okay. Introvert, 1944, Universal Edition. One absorbed in the contemplation of self to the exclusion of external activities. Wow. And in the grandfather's pocket dictionary, turn inward. Turn inward. As if it were a verb. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Which I guess it could be a verb as well. All right. Interesting. So, I mean, they're all a little confusing and slightly biased, I feel like, in all of them. Both kind of come off as being negative. So I decided, of course, that we should look at what pop culture says. Mm -hmm. What does the Urban Dictionary say it is? Because that's probably likely or closer to what we think it is, mm -hmm. I would say. So who do you want to do first, extrovert or introvert? Well, so we've been doing extrovert first, so let's stay with that. Okay, extrovert. And these are longer descriptions. Okay. But not too long. Someone who recharges their energy from being around people. They don't mind being alone, but prefer the company of others as it makes them excited. That doesn't mean that they are good with people or that they are happy all the time, but that other people's company is important to them. Okay. And introvert. An introvert. An introvert prefers to spend time alone in order to recharge their inner being. An introvert may appear shy to others, but that is not necessarily accurate. Interacting with people and attention to multiple sources of stimuli tends to draw down an introvert's energy, causing them to withdraw to spend time alone to re-energize. Now, there's one other line that they tacked onto the end of introvert that I feel like applies to everyone. <laughs> okay. And that is, small talk and pointless conversations <laughs> tend to draw down the introvert's energy rapidly. <laughs> <laughs> small talk and pointless conversations i feel would wear down anybody's energy if it lasted long enough <laughs> yeah we've all been at a dinner party where all we talk about is gardening i mean right <laughs> <laughs> i guess so <laughs> yeah or the weather i do like gardening and weather so that's interesting because i feel like the meaning has changed throughout the years but i think the original one from the old dictionary is probably the accurate one to what it truly, truly means. But I feel like the modern one is like what most people think it means. Or maybe it's a combination of both. I don't know. But I think it's interesting about the old one, the 1944 one, I assume you're talking about since my grandfather's pocket dictionary didn't even bother, <laughs> is that introvert seems to be something that's like a known thing. And extrovert seems to be a thing a term from psychology they actually say in psychology for an extrovert in psychology one whose interests are centered outside of himself but then they define introvert as just one absorbed in the contemplation of self to the exclusion of external activities it just sounds like it's more well known at that time mm, i see of course i have no idea unless i were to call up somebody who was alive then but... no idea but i do think that it's clear that it's, I mean, they're opposite things where the way they're used now is just like, 
an introvert you think of as someone who prefers to be alone. I mean, like if you strip everything away, an introvert wants to be alone, an extrovert wants to be around people. And it's funny because I have grown up absolutely 100% convinced that I'm an extrovert. I was the one in school that I got on my report card. She's a joy to have in class, but she socializes too much. You know, that was (laughs) it. It was, that was the comment every single year. She socializes too much. I got that too. You did? Oh yeah. Looking at myself in my family, I was always like the chatterbox. I was always the one who wanted attention. I went into performing arts. I mean, we both did. I mean, hey, I wanted to sing on stage. So clearly I wanted the attention of the world. But I don't know if that kind of personality trait can change with time or if I just misdiagnosed myself. And I still don't think I'm necessarily an introvert, but I definitely feel more of a combination of the two now. Mm -hmm. And this period of being very socially isolated has made me realize that. Now, I should obviously note, as everyone knows, I have not been completely isolated. I mean, I've been with my husband and my son, so I don't know what it would have been like if I'd been completely alone. But not having any get-togethers with girlfriends or going to parties or even going to a restaurant and being around other people or walking around and seeing other people on the street, it really, I got to say, it didn't bother me. I really kind of felt like I'm okay with this. I would have said before, I need social interaction. I need it. It's that important to me that I need it to feel well. And what I felt like during and then after our lockdown here in Italy was I enjoy social interaction. I like it, but I don't need it. I mean, I'm not going to say never. Obviously, I wouldn't want to be stuck in my house for the rest of my life and never see a single friend. That would be awful. But it's not, I've come to realize that it's not as vital to my life as I thought that it was. And it's not as vital to my happiness and my well-being than I thought it was. And that spending time at home is more, I guess, rewarding or just more pleasurable to me than I would have given it credit for in the past. There's a lot of people who are guiltily admitting that they're loving this quarantine. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, how many times have you heard that? Yeah. That's another thing, too, is where is that coming from? It's kind of that same notion of you've been forcing me to live in an extrovert world and now I don't have to anymore, which I don't necessarily think is true. But maybe that's a reaction to this particularly a United States notion that you're supposed to be busy Mm-hmm. that you're supposed to be running around doing this and doing that and hanging out and going to work and going to the store, <laughs> having a club. I don't really feel like that's the extroverts saying to the introverts, oh, we're going to have a club. <laughs> if you're going to be a successful individual, you will be at our book club on Thursday night. You will be at the office bantering at the water cooler. Well, maybe not, but but I do think that certain careers require a certain amount of networking definitely and that it might be really really difficult for an introvert to do well and even working in an office I mean you can't really shut yourself off and just do your own thing in your office and never interact with anybody else even if that's what you'd like to do I mean that's true maybe in this time we will no longer have to live in an office 
But that doesn't mean that your boss was an extrovert that decided to build an office. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying he was or she was, but I'm just saying when you're in that office, somebody could feel forced to chit-chat. That's true. You know, I have this colleague in my office who I don't particularly like, and luckily she doesn't listen to this podcast, <laughs> um, I don't think. Um, she's not necessarily super extroverted or anything like that, but she always wants to chit-chat with me in the morning, and I just don't want to. Can we just get to work? Do we have to do this chit-chatty? How was your weekend? What did, you know, I just, I don't care. That's not to say I wouldn't love to chat with someone I really do like, so maybe it's just that particular person. I don't know, but I just don't, I would just rather do my thing, do my own thing. And I find also, like today, I went out this morning with Aurelio. I saw a friend and her kids and I went out with Aurelio and one of my friend's sons to a museum and we walked around and we went home and yada yada. When I got home, and I have to admit, I dropped my son off at his grandmother's house after <laughs> this outing. And I mean, okay, part of it could be, it's tiring to be out in the city with a little kid who you have to make sure like doesn't run out into the street and doesn't lick his hand that he's just touched the ground with. And there's a certain amount of heightened stress and activity that you have to have. It's not just like, oh, I'm out for a lovely walk. You know, <laughs> it is more stressful and more tiring. And then I had my friend's son. So there's like a double responsibility. But when I got home and there was nobody at home, I just was so incredibly happy. It's not that I didn't enjoy being out. I did, but I just was like, oh, it feels so incredibly good to be at home and know that there's nobody going to walk through this room right now. Not even my husband, nobody, my, not even my child. Like I, even when I was at my friend's house, she had the cleaning lady there and then her husband was there and her two kids and the babysitter was coming in and out and it was just chaos. It was just all these people. And I just like, sometimes... I really, 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 really crave absolute solitude. And I don't know if, and if I were a true extrovert, if I would crave that solitude so much. It's interesting because, you know, back in episode 301, Personality, mm. which was when Leslie McDaniel put me through my paces to diagnose what type of a person I was. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to go back and listen. And she diagnosed me as a extroverted introvert. Her specialty is actually working with the introverted extrovert. Uh, but basically, what she was saying, if I get it right, is that we actually all have both. Mm -hmm. It's just in varying degrees. And one tends to be the driver and one tends to be in the passenger seat. But it's not in the passenger seat in the back seat. It's it's just the next thing over, you know. Mm. It's just your introvert is just on your wing if if you're an extrovert and vice versa. So we all have these elements of the different personality types within us. It's just a matter of which one was driving the car. If If all things were as we would like them to be. Who's driving? I see. And for you, who's driving? The introvert or the extrovert? Well, it's interesting because I think I also have changed over time. And yes, this quarantine, certainly. But I would say, and based on what Leslie said, the extrovert is the driver. But that they're very close together. Because I do get a lot, like in the Urban Dictionary definition, I do get a lot of energy. I do get a recharge from being around people in a really interesting social gathering. Like the introvert, I also get drained by social gatherings that are boring. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
we've all been in exhausting social situations. But if it's a good one, if it's one on stage or just one with really great friends, I get a lot of energy from those kind of conversations and the back and forth. It also plays into uh, something I think I'm good at. And I think you get energy from that, too. I like engaging with people and people seem to like to engage with me. And, and so I think that that gives you an energy. I suppose if it was like, if I felt extremely awkward in every social situation, which I think everybody does, particularly if it's a bunch of strangers, everybody feels a little weird at the door or heading into that situation. So if I was very awkward at it, then maybe it would be extremely draining, but I get energy from it. So that's why I would say extrovert. Mm -hmm. But truth be told, ever since this podcast began back in 2013, I was on the path to becoming something different because what has happened to me repeatedly since 2013, I've ended up alone, moved to Rome. You were there. Derek was there. I had a couple other friends, but I spent most of every day alone all day long. And, you know, and in moving to San Francisco and to New Orleans and working from home or <laughs> for the vast majority of time, I've been by myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that that has served well. Like that was good practice for this time that we're in now. I don't know if I would be going more insane mm -hmm. if I hadn't already been sort of socially isolated by the decisions I was making. Yeah, I remember you. I remember that conversation on that episode 301 personality. And I remember you saying that when she asked you, what is something that you love to do that you could do and the time just flies by? And you immediately said, like, talking to people, like a really good conversation, which surprised me, not for you, that that would be what you choose, but just that is not what I would ever think of first as something that I love to do. I love to do that, too, but it would never be like the thing that popped into my head. What would pop in? More solitary things, really. I don't know, swimming in the ocean, even though I'm not like a passionate swimmer, but that's something that there's hardly anything that tops it for me for that or or going to a concert and just hearing amazing music or reading or writing and I was thinking oh my gosh those are so many so many of those things you know you do alone not necessarily a concert but I wonder if I'm a secret introvert and I don't even know it it's interesting because I equally love those things but the question is what would you lose time doing now there have been times when I I'm writing and I'll still be working on the same paragraph and I'll look up and realize it's two hours later. Yeah. Right. So I can see that happens with the writing. Certainly. I think with reading, I can be completely absorbed in a story and still be keeping track of the time. Hmm. So I was trying to think of what are those things where you are just going about your life and then all of a sudden some dude's kicking you out of a bar and you're like, what? <laughs> We've been here since 8 p.m. and it's closing time. You know, that's crazy. And it's always having some great conversation when that happens. Maybe I just haven't had enough good conversations recently. <laughs> you haven't been kicked out of a bar enough. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been in a Nobody bar Nobody has because nothing's open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do think that part of it could be just my lifestyle as a working parent. I just don't socialize very much just because my schedule doesn't allow it. And so when this lockdown began, that aspect of my life just didn't change that much. I, you know, I wasn't like our guest last week, you know, Nicole Hardy on episode 321. What was it called? Living alone in lockdown. Living alone during lockdown. She had this active 
fascinating social life. I just don't, haven't had that for years. And I mean, occasionally I'll see a friend and do something fun, but it's just, it's not a weekly thing. I mean, my new, one of my new year's resolutions, as you might remember, was have a social interaction once a month. <laughs> because <laughs> I didn't even do it that often. So I think that's another reason that it wasn't so hard for me because I just, I, I mean, it was like it didn't, that aspect just wasn't much of a change. If anything, it was like, I don't feel the need to like seek it out because I can't do it anyway. So just won't worry about it. It's interesting though, because you, I mean, it, you are socially interacting all day long. Me? Yeah, you. I mean, you're socially interacting with Aurelio all day. Is that social? I suppose. I mean, it is. It's more social than me sitting up in my office with two cats that are asleep, you know. I, <laughs> I mean, you're not getting into intellectual debates that are opening your mind to new ideas, but you are interacting with somebody on a regular basis. Yeah. And then I shouldn't say that I, n- I never am doing that because Claudia and I do have good conversations when we're, you know, when we're both awake at the same time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we've always had great conversations. So yeah, it's just a matter of energy and being, being awake enough to have them. And, you know, I got to say, Aurelio is a, can be a fascinating person himself, even in his own way. And sometimes we have some interesting conversations. But, uh, but yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. But there is something nice. It's, it's nice to have those conversations with people that are a little bit less part of your daily grind. Someone who's just a little bit more mysterious to you. I don't mean like a total stranger, but you know, someone that maybe you don't see every waking moment of the day. Yeah, exactly. Another theme that's coming up besides this notion that we're sticking it to the extroverts, there's also just been a couple kind of interesting group chat interactions I've had where I feel like, obviously, whether or not I think I'm an extrovert or not, which I do, I feel like people are saying things that make them seem like they might be concerned about me. (laughs) So they obviously perceive me as the extrovert in a group, right? Mm. You know, are you doing okay? (laughs) And the question, I guess, is therefore are the extroverts doing okay? What do you think? Maybe this is good for them. (laughs) Slash slash us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe it's good to have people to step back and be like, okay, am I okay with myself? Am I okay without the constant feedback or, or approval or, you know, other point of view? Can I just be alone with my own thoughts for a while? So maybe it's a good exercise. Obviously, if it goes on indefinitely, it's probably going to be damaging for true extroverts who truly get their energy from outside. But a little bit, I think, would be something to learn from. Are you going to run out and be in a play after this is over? I'm thinking about it. Definitely not. But uh, really? <laughs> not that I, I haven't been in a play since 18. So who knows? I've been in a play more recently than that. It was in a Midsummer Night's Dream, the year I met Claudio. He came to every performance. Oh, hot. <laughs> who were you? <laughs> I was a fairy, but I had a song. Mm. I had a solo. (laughs) But yes, I was a fairy. I had like four lines, but I had a song. I'm wrong. I was actually in a show probably when I was like 23 or 24, but it only played for a weekend. Okay. So I just forget it ever happened. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think if, if I've learned anything, it's that I do crave social interaction, but I crave social interaction with one or two other people. I'm not looking forward to being at a big party or having a big night out with 
six or seven other people. And even Cloudy and I were talking about, like, let's start, because we can, you know, we can socialize here now. You know, obviously, you don't want to have a big blowout party or anything, but, you know, we have this really lovely terrace, and it has a gorgeous light in the late afternoon, early evening. And then we can see the sunset, and it's just beautiful. And we've always said, like, oh, we should have a peritivo here, we should have a peritivo. And we're like, what? We should have just like one couple over at a time mm-hmm. instead of having trying to organize a party. My husband is an introvert, I should say. I think he's a true introvert. He, he, but he, he has a little bit of a social side, he does like social activity. He likes to have one other person or a couple. That's enough for him. And so we're going to start doing that. We're going to start having like a couple over, one or two friends. And I think that's really nice because one, it's not as much work. Yeah, true. <laughs> you don't have to cl- do the major cleanup or the buying a ton of food. But also you spread out the social activity over a longer period of time. So you get more bang for your proverbial buck as far as that social time. You get, you get to do it more often, but you just do it with fewer people. And then you can have a real meaningful conversation with those people. Exactly. Then you don't get spread too thin. Yeah. Yeah. I find, although I used to love those big parties. Do you remember how I used to throw those big parties mm-hmm. back at my mom's house when we were in high school? Yeah, oh, yeah. But I just, I find when I throw those parties, and it's been a while since I've had one, but I find that I can't really enjoy myself because I'm too concerned that everybody is taken care of and everybody is happy and has a drink and nothing has spilled and I'm talking to everybody and I'm being a good hostess and I just don't enjoy it. Whereas when I have like a couple or maximum two couples over, it's so enjoyable. Or when I'm out with a couple of girlfriends and it's just like two or three girlfriends max. I see that. I also love throwing those big parties though because I love the accidental connections. I keep in touch with a lot of people from different walks of life and different times in my life. And so sometimes a big party like that offers the opportunity to get two people in a room who knew each other back when, who haven't seen each other in 25 years. Mm. And so I just tend to invite anyone I can think of. I used to always throw a birthday party for myself, not because I wanted to celebrate my birthday, but because my birthday is in the dead of February when nothing else is happening. It's one of the most miserable periods of time, (laughs) especially in Seattle. In Seattle, the weather is just garbage around that time and people are really hunkered down and so I used to always throw a party and I used to just invite anyone I could think of that I knew was around and I had a number for a phone number for and or an email address for in modern times and then just see what happened and it was half the fun to just see the reunions that would occur or to see what group of people would show up based on whatever party I was throwing like for instance one year I threw a a very sophisticated party in a wine bar cellar. And I don't know what accent that was. <laughs> and invited, uh, you know, high school friends, everybody I worked with at NPR, anyone I could think of. Who showed up? The NPR folk. <laughs> <laughs> All the news journalists. And we had a great time. Next year, I decided to throw a party in somebody's backyard with a death metal band and a wood-fired hot tub that was in a metal tub. Oh, it took all day to heat. Who showed up to that? All my old high school buddies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the reunions that were had at that party were a delight to watch. So I don't know. I, I, I also love running a big thing. I don't mind it. I love that jumping. And I always regret that they end so fast. So maybe that's another sign that I'm an extrovert because I'll think, oh my God, I didn't get to talk to everybody. Mm. But I equally love the one-on-one. 
I guess if I were to pick anything that's the most challenging is when 10 people go out to a restaurant and you're kind of stuck next to three of those people. Yeah, I hate that. And stuck next to you sounds so negative, but you really kind of can't absorb everyone because you're you're rooted. And I don't really enjoy that as much. I think that dynamic is a lot harder than a roving party. Yeah. And in that case, I would rather it would be just you, me, and Suzanne Mm -hmm. than have all of our spouses and all of their friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would much prefer it was just the three of us in that circumstance. Well, yeah. I mean, I'd probably always prefer it was just <laughs> the three of us in that circumstance. <laughs> so anyway, well, if you are an extrovert or an introvert out there listening, weigh in. Are you feeling vindicated? Are you feeling claustrophobic? Are you finding that your personality type is changing during this event? this worldwide pandemic, I would happily do a follow-up show if people have thoughts that they want to share. Like, for instance, this thought that we recently received from a listener. Hi, my name is Michelle, and I live in St. Paul, Minnesota. I live alone in a studio apartment with my cat and dog. And quarantine began in Minnesota in about mid-March. And at first, um, working from home, I would have described it as my ideal lifestyle. I'm an extreme introvert, and I enjoyed being able to work from home in quiet reading. And Minnesota in March is still very cold and snowy, so not having to leave the house except for walking the dog or going on grocery runs was great. But after about a month, I noticed that I began craving actually talking to people, not just texting them or emailing them, as was kind of my usual strict rules that I really just preferred to communicate with people that way. And I would say by May, I was completely done and over it. I was looking forward to going to the grocery store and looking for any reason to talk to people, which is bizarre for me. And I guess I'm surprised by kind of how fast I began hating it because prior to this, I would have thought it would have taken at least six months for me to miss normal, everyday human interaction. So I do hope that we keep some of the pace of life that we found in COVID, but I will definitely never take daily human interaction for granted ever again. Thanks. So if people have thoughts about introverts, extroverts, their experience, and they want to send them in, be on the show, participate in this ongoing discussion that we're having about life and these times, how can they get in touch, Tiffany? Well, they can always email us at bittersweetlife at mail. That's M-A-I-L dot com. Voice memos are very welcome. Yes, we love voice memos. Just open up your voice recording app on your phone, record it, and then there's usually an option to email it to us. You can also get in touch via social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just look for the Bittersweet Life podcast. And if all else fails and you wind up on our website, which is thebittersweetlife.net, there's a contact button. So you can just go right there. All right. And until next time, good luck, extroverts. And until next time, remember, an extrovert is an outgoing, overly expressive person. <laughs>
<laughs> and an introvert is a shy, reticent person. I'm very mysterious. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like that's what they're trying to say. Right. The, the introverts are better people. These are, this is biased. <laughs> so until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Thanks for listening. Our logo is designed by Jody Rick at the Lost Laboratory with help from our muse, Caravaggio. Lori Lee Elliott manages The Bittersweet Life on YouTube. We have a brand new newsletter. If you want to hear what we're reading and thinking about once a month, let us know by sending an email to bittersweetlife at mail.com, and we'll put you on the list. And some of you write us the most beautiful emails. If you haven't already, leave us a review as well on your podcast app. Your support is vital to the show, so whether you send in a financial contribution at thebittersweetlife.net or spread the word about the show to your friends or through your social media by writing an article or doing an interview with us, we appreciate your support. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for keeping this show going. Take care, be safe, talk soon. <laughs>